puck is dropped, and it's showtime from downtown Winnipeg. Oh, see the blast. Loose puck. Scores! Shankly wires it. Scores! What a stop by Hellebuck. Kyle Connor, Jets go bang, bang, bang. Welcome to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. It's episode 149 of the Ground Control Podcast. I was putting this plan together a couple of days ago and I typed episode 149. I went, we're close to a milestone number 150 here, but I have to see if I can come up with... Celebrate something, yeah. Yeah, come up with a way to Mm -hmm. make it even more special than every episode of Ground Control already is. Jamie Thomas, Paul Edmonds of 680 CJOB joining us uh, as always on this episode. Uh, We'll get to a great interview with Danny Zilkin a little bit later on. The Jets prospects had... uh, We'll say a busy couple of weeks, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> so you and him chat about that a little bit. But before we get to that, I just wanted to, to touch on, you know, we hear so much about the, the next man up mentality. We'll, we'll dive into the win streak a little bit later on too. But I thought we'd start it off by talking about the players who stepped up over the last couple of weeks, especially. Now in the news, Michael Asamad does get claimed by the San Jose Sharks because Rick Bonus said, you're only allowed to have 23. They had to make some moves and sometimes that results in, in players moving on. All the best, obviously, to, to Michael Asimon, who made the most of his opportunity playing at the NHL level. But all the players in the room, I feel, um, really seem to appreciate what these guys brought to the table over that stretch. You know, Christian Reichel came in, played a good couple of games uh, with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor when he got that that opportunity. He had guys bumped up the lineup to to play in some different roles that maybe they they weren't used to and now all of a sudden as we record this the Winnipeg Jets are on a four game win streak and but these guys that played these roles you know they've been doing so for a couple of weeks it's not just over the course of this you know uh this short little run here so just curious who or what really stood out to you about those guys that that stepped in played well in that situation uh and really got the Jets to the part uh of the schedule that they're at right now well I, I would. I think it'd be crazy not to bring up. I know Kevin Stanley is still in the lineup, um, but man, he's made a big difference since he was. He's been recalled from the Manitoba Moose, and it's going to be hard for him to be removed from the lineup. Just for having a tough time winning faceoffs, particularly while shorthanded. And Kevin Stenlin has been solid in that department. He's a big body. Um, you can't have enough big bodies at the middle of the ice, and I think he has been. And will be a, a good part, a big piece of this roster. So he's just one of many, but that's a, a guy that has stood out to me. And I, I realize we should be pointing out the guys that are have gone back to the Manitoba Moose or are no longer here. But I just think Kevin Stenlin has been so important that it's been hard. It would be hard not to talk about him. Well, he's. Yeah. I was just going to say, Paul. He's fifty six point five percent in that faceoff dot in the uh, in the the twelve games that he's played. So I mean, clearly he's stepped in, and you always hear Rick Bonus talking about faceoffs, faceoffs, faceoffs. Yeah. We got to get better at faceoffs. At one point, Stanley was at fifty nine percent. I think it was after ten games. So clearly, a guy Paul that's uh, settled right in. I always look to see how coaches use players late in the game and where they use them. And to JT's point, there's Kevin Stenlin in a lot of games recently taking faceoffs inside the Winnipeg Jets zone when either they're behind by a goal tie situation or leading needing to get possession of the puck in order to get it out and then either ice the puck or just get it into the neutral ice or start the rush so there's Kevin Stenland another guy I think that's been valuable 
certainly because he's been able to play up and down the lineup and he's played with Mark Shifley. He's back now with Adam Lowry and Lowry's back into the middle after playing some time with Mark Shifley on the left wing side has been Carson Kuhlman. And there's another guy that certainly has been able to come in off a waiver claim and been able to just bring that speed element and a little bit of grit. He's not a not a big guy by any stretch of the imagination, but he plays hard and he competes. And I think that's that's what you wanted. The Winnipeg Jets never lost, even though they lost a lot of players to injury, they never lost their compete. Mm-hmm. And then there's also that, that group from within. Like, Shifley never wavered, and Dubois never wavered, and Connor never wavered, and Morrissey, DeMello, Dillon, they never wavered. Pionk, the goaltending's been really good. And another guy that I think has really found his game and has some confidence and scored in the last game in an empty net fashion because of his speed has been Morgan Barron. So there's been a lot of contributions made for the Winnipeg Jets to stay afloat um, during the times that they had, whether it be five games in the case, in the case of Perfetti, nine games in the case of Schmidt or Wheeler, or 36 games in the case of Ehlers uh, with all those guys out with injuries. So there's been a lot of contributions, and that's where I think you really see the organizational depth shine. It was tested and then also you see the foundation of the team that was left here to kind of battle through that certainly I think uh, lead the charge and have everybody kind of bring along with them and that includes Dubois and Shifley and, and Morrissey and the rest of the leadership group. Four game win streak as I mentioned uh, kind of off the top for the Winnipeg Jets my personal favorite out of that one was the win over the Tampa Bay Lightning I mean you had sold out building fiery game 4-2 win four of the injured players return and I mean, it just, there's a feeling in the building. And I was trying to remember if way back on the, the season preview uh, one where we kind of mentioned, you know, which games do we want to circle? Which games, if, if we were, you know, wanting to buy tickets, which ones would we tell our like family members to go to, you know? And yeah. I'm trying to remember if that, that was the time I said Tampa Bay because I, away from, away from the ice, away from games, I'm always talking about, you know, anytime the Jets play Tampa Bay. They only play twice a year right now, but every single time, it's a really, really good hockey game. Um, Just curious, what has stood out to you guys over the course of this recent uh, four-game win streak in terms of, you know, we talked about the depth. We talked about, you know, particular players that, you know, were able to stay healthy, knock-knock, throughout that whole stretch, how they stood up and, and stepped up for the Winnipeg Jets. But for me, it was it was penalty kill. Mm-hmm. It came up huge in Edmonton, came up huge against Tampa Bay. But are there different aspects of, of the team's game that have stood out to you, Jamie? Um, I, I, I think Connor Hellebuck, first and foremost. Uh, I know that, t- that ties certainly into the penalty kill. Um, but, man, there's timely saves, and then there's brilliant saves. Um, I think he has returned to the level of play that we expect him to be at. And I tell people this all the time, like he wasn't terrible last year. He just wasn't Connor Hellebuck like, and that's because the bar is set so high for him. A lot of that has to do with the opportunities that were given up um, in, in the, in the high danger scoring areas that the jets aren't giving up this year, but when he's needed to be big, he has come up with important saves and timely saves. And, you know, a great example is the save he made, <clears throat> when they were killing a penalty late in the game against Edmonton, and they're they were shorthanded. Then um, there's breakaway stops in there. Uh, there's incredible saves along the way. Um, so Connor Hellebuck to me has been really integral to what's been going on here, and they couldn't be where they are without him. There's no question about that. He's an elite goaltender. He's playing like that this year. 
In the four-game win streak, the scores will reflect that two of these games have been won by one goal, the other two by two. Mm. But when you really boil it down, it's been four one-goal victories because the other two goals have been empty netters. So I think the Winnipeg Jets have learned and gotten better and are very comfortable at winning tight games, which I think is a great characteristic as we move forward toward the All-Star break. And then as we know, the game will change again post-All-Star break, and then it will change again coming up and that changes when it gets tighter you're not going to have that 7-5 game not that the Jets have played a lot of those this year but you're going to see a lot more 3-2-2-1 type of scenarios and if you're comfortable in that and you're poised in that that's going to bode well for game 72 game 81 and then presumably game one uh, through maybe seven of a first round playoff series and beyond so that's what's really stood out to me the other part of this is the influx of defensemen scoring in two games Games ago against the Calgary Flames, two of the goals of the three come from the back end. Josh Morrissey against Tampa, three more assists. He leads the team. So it's not just Josh. Josh is certainly leading the Blue Liners in scoring. He's leading the team in scoring, but you're also getting contributions off the back end, and a lot of that offense is being generated from the Blue Line, just like Rick Bonus wanted from the start of training camp. So those are a couple things that have stood out to me that you've learned to play in a tight type of scenario game, you're comfortable in it, but also you're spreading your scoring out and not just relying on your two top lines, your top six forwards to score. You're getting it right from the lineup, which includes the blue line up. And you mentioned the the blue line. Brendan Dillon uh, spoke to the media on Saturday about, he was talking about penalty kill, but especially I had asked him about, you know, the mentality when you go and you're trying to kill off two and two minutes and change against uh, Edmonton to, to wrap up the game. You're trying to kill off a minute 42, minute 45, whatever it may have been against uh, Tampa Bay to try to win the game against two power plays that, that are tough. Now, certainly when I asked Adam Lowry the same question, he said, look, uh, we're, we fully acknowledge that, that Tampa Bay, you know, you're, you're missing Victor Hedman on the back end uh, the night they played Edmonton, Leon Dreisaitl not in the lineup. But nonetheless, you're still having to kill off against these prolific power plays. And Brendan Dillon said, we weren't going out there walking on eggshells. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going out there to win the game. And I thought that was a really good view into the mentality that uh, the Winnipeg Jets, the penalty kill, the power play, five on five, the team as a whole uh, is bringing into games right now. So I thought that was worth sharing for sure. Up next on ground control is, as we said off the top, Danny Zilkin, the Jets prospect selected in the third round of the 2022 NHL draft. It's been quite a couple of weeks for him. The signing of his entry-level deal, traded in the Ontario Hockey League. On top of all that, Jilkin's Vision Mental Health Awareness Program keeps right on rolling. Jamie caught up with Danny a little earlier this week. Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com. Hi, this is Nate Schmidt, and you're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Well, Danny, before I set up this interview, you were still a member of the Guelph Storm. Now you have moved on to uh, other pastures. Uh, just a quick thought on the trade of the Kitchener Rangers. Uh, did it catch you off guard? Uh, I, I think I knew that something was, you know, in the works, but I didn't know when it was going to happen. I was just watching my Bullet Brothers hockey game at 7 p.m. and my GM texted me to come to the rink. So I kind of knew that was going to happen. And the next morning I was the Kitchener Rangers and I was 
practicing at the odd and <laughs> next evening I was in the Sioux and now I'm in the Sioux and I played my first game last night. So it's pretty quick. Uh, getting a, your first goal with your new team. How, how important was it to you to kind of get that out of the way? Uh, I wasn't really worrying about it too much. I was just yeah. kind of playing my game and using my speed and skill. I had great line mates and, you know, it was only, only a time before I scored the first one and hoping to continue that tomorrow and the next day. Um, like before we talk about Kitchener, just a quick thought on what Guelph meant for you and your development and everybody that you leave behind there. Oh, it was everything. I mean, this is a team that brought me to the league and they put so much into me and, you know, they've created, uh, they kind of made me into such a great person on and off the ice. And, you know, I owe it to them and George Burnett and the coaching staff there for sure. Is it tough leaving your billets behind? I mean, they, 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 the billets always play such a large role in, in making you feel comfortable in a, in, a, in a strange place to start. It's funny you say that because I'm actually staying at my billets still because it's <laughs> only 20 minutes away and they didn't want me to leave and I didn't want to get new billets. So it's actually, yeah, it's funny how that works out, but I'm with them and hopefully we'll be with them towards, you know, the whole season. Yeah, that, that's the one part about the Ontario Hockey League is everything's so close for the most part and that's a, definitely a benefit. Um, now moving on, what, like the way things have sh shooken up this season, how are you feeling about how you're playing and your game so far? I think I'm playing pretty well. I'm uh, using my two-way game. I'm, you know, I think just under 60% of face-offs. So that's a huge thing that helps my team. And, you know, being on the Kitchener Rangers now, I hope we can achieve something special. We have a great roster here and hoping for a deep playoff run. How challenging is it to to move teams like this when there's a certain system and how quickly do you believe you can get used to the, the, the new system that you're playing in? Uh, I don't think it's that hard. You know, everybody, you know, especially me, I've played in so many tournaments and for so many teams that, you know, I think it's a pretty easy adjustment, just, you know, different power play and four check stuff like that. I don't think it's too much of a big deal. And, you know, I got the first game out of the way and it should be all good now. Is it a good thing that you're on the road to start to get new, used to your new teammates? Uh, maybe. I think, you know, we're hanging out a lot here at the hotel. Uh, we have great teammates, great staff here. We did a bit of a trivia kind of competition on the bus, and <laughs> my team came second. We didn't end up winning that, but that's all right. What's your favorite thing to do to distract yourself when you're on those bus rides? Uh, I'm watching Suits right now on Netflix. Uh, just a <laughs> show. <laughs> Any other shows that have kept you busy over the years that you that you really like to talk about? Uh, not really. I've been more of just a YouTube guy, kind of whatever I see. I just kind of click on it or highlights and <laughs> NHL games, stuff like that. But lately, it's been it's been suits. Um, you were drafted by the the Winnipeg Jets. Was there a conversation about things that they wanted you to work on, and how how much of a focus has that been for you this season? Uh, I think just combining all my skills together. I talked to Jimmy Roy with the player development, and you know, we just said I have all the tools. I just have to kind of. You know, continue to progress on them and use my speed and skill while maintaining my, that two-way game and, you know, maintaining those face-offs. I think those are all big things. How important was the rookie tournament in Penticton for you to kind of get used to the systems and, and the organization itself? Uh, that was awesome. You know, just seeing the speed and the skill that those guys have and how strong they are. I think it's, you know, it's, it's a pretty big example of how, how much you have to work to get to the next level. I think it was an awesome experience. Was it uh exciting to put on the Winnipeg Jets jersey I know it was the second time because you put it on at the draft but how was it how exciting was it to put it on for real I guess uh in that yeah. first game yeah for sure I I actually remember it like I can picture it now <laughs> I put it on I smiled right away and I looked in the mirror in the bathroom to do my hair and it was a surreal <laughs> feeling for sure
<laughs> is is it does that as close to like your feel like does that make you like there's that one moment where you're, you get drafted but is it that that moment where you wear it and you're playing a game as a jet is that where you're like okay i'm a member of this organization for real i think so especially like coming out for warm-ups and just skating in that jersey but i would say actually just signing the entry-level deal i think that was a mm-hmm. surreal experience it happened at almost midnight i signed the contract my agent called me at like 10 p.m and he said we could get this done now and it was a surreal feeling for sure. What's your relationship like with your agent? He's one of the bigger bigger name agents out there right now. A very vocal point, on, especially on social media. What, what are your What's your relationship like? Oh, he's awesome. You know, he does everything for me, and you know, he sets up so many, so much great stuff for me, and you know, he helped me with getting the Bauer contract there, and it's he's been awesome for me. He also helps me and my family so much, and you know, he's got my brother entering the OHL draft season now, so we'll see how how he does. Okay, so t- talk to me like that. Like you've been through this experience. How much does your brother lean on you for the for this experience for himself? Uh, a lot, I think. You know, I try to teach him some things, but you know, I think he's at that age now where he kind of thinks he knows everything. But you know, I try, <laughs> I try my best to help him, and he's he's been taking a few tips, and I think he's going to be a pretty good player. <laughs> Will he be better than Danny Zilkin? Oh, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, he's got to keep the resume and kind of see what happens. He's got he's got the OHL draft in front of him. Yeah. Uh, and what type of advice would you would you say to him right now about that? Just work hard. I think if you work hard and put, you know, your max effort into things, I think everything will work out. Okay, so you have these great moments already in, in a span of a less than a calendar year being drafted. You sign your first contract. So what have you done with the jersey that you got at the draft? It's hanging in my room back home. It's just in a, in a kind of frame, just hanging on my wall. And, you know, I don't go there much, but I think that's, the place for it to be and it's a, it's a special feeling having it there i imagine there's multiple copies of your first contract do you did you obviously you keep one or do you keep it with you or do you also leave it at your parents house uh, i was at my village house for a bit actually my billet mom signed as a as a witness on the contract she was pretty <laughs> pumped about that and i passed it to my parents the next day at a restaurant so they're gonna take it back home and probably frame it as well what what was that moment like to to sit down with your parents and 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 share in that experience of you got okay you got the draft out of the way and now you have your first professional contract that must have been pretty emotional for you guys. Yeah, it was crazy. As I said, it was at ten p.m. My agent just called me said he wants to get me on a Zoom call, and I was kind of confused. I didn't know. I thought it was trade news or something like that. And I saw my parents there and kind of my whole agency sitting there, and I knew right away that it's going to be something special. And he brought the news, and my parents started crying. So pretty awesome. <laughs> Are you an emotional guy? Did you keep it together at that moment? Uh, I think I was just pretty speechless. I didn't really know what to say. My bill of mom started screaming and <laughs> it was just chaos. It didn't, probably still sinking in right now. I can't, still can't believe this happened. Like th- this is a lot for one guy to go through, right? Like the, the, the draft, the first contract getting traded. This is a lot for one person. How, how have you dealt with this, Danny? I think it's been good. You know, my close support circle is supporting me and kind of keeping my mental health healthy and it's just part of the job and we kind of move along and keep working hard and hoping everything's going to work out all right two two questions before i let you go and the one that the second to last one is just what is what is your viewpoint look for the rest of the season and certainly through the ontario hockey league playoffs yeah i think as i said we have a great team here and i think we're just missing a few players that you know towards world juniors and a few injuries there but i think we have a great roster and you know hoping to achieve something special with the kitchener rangers and now that you've moved, what does this mean for your foundation? Uh, you know, it's still it's it's a great move, obviously, and 
You mean, you mean the Mental Health Foundation? Yeah, or? yeah. Sorry, yeah, sorry. I apologize. Should have been more clear about that question. Yeah, of course. We're gonna keep working hard at it, and you know, we've raised thirteen hundred dollars towards Canadian Mental Health Association with our first jersey raffle, and you know, we've kind of taken a break since, but uh, you know, stay tuned, and we're gonna be achieving some something special with that, and obviously with Project Eleven up in Winnipeg. Hopefully, when I get to Winnipeg, we can do something there as well. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you uh, maybe again at the uh, Penticton tournament and certainly at, at Prospect Camp uh, when when things a rookie camp when things get going here. So, congratulations on your new contract, on being traded, and your new team, and all the best to you for the rest of the season, Danny. Thank you. Thanks so much. Hey, Jets fans, I'm Sarah Orleski. Don't forget to join me after each and every home game for the Winnipeg Jets postgame show live presented by Budweiser, where you'll get exclusive interviews, in-room access, and more. Catch us on all Winnipeg Jets platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and winnipegjets.com. Big thanks to Danny Jilkin for taking the time out during a uh, busy time in his life, certainly. Uh, I mean, it's always busy during the, uh, the hockey season, but... Uh, certainly Danny Jilkin finding all the time that he can to talk with uh, Jamie Thomas. What stood out to you about that uh, that chat with the Jets prospect? Well, I just, it's a lot to take in for a young player, for everything that's happened, right? He's drafted, he, he gets traded, he's signed his entry-level deal. That's a lot for one person to process. And he said that when he signed, the, the one that stood out the most is just the process of finding out that he got his, he's getting his deal from the Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. Family came in, his his billet came into the whole process and you completely forget about in the, in the Ontario hockey league, how close a lot of the teams are. Like he's staying with the same billets. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's changed teams. And he's staying with the same billets. Right. So, um, great, great opportunity for him with the K- Kitchener Rangers. Um, also his brother Dimian is going through the exact process right now. He's apparently a pretty good player as well. So, uh, he's had the guidance of his older brother in that situation. So a lot to, a lot to process for a young man, and uh, I like how he talked about how many times he got emotional about the whole thing. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing what else Danny Zilkin has for as his, his future with the Winnipeg Jets. Certainly, and uh, you guys talked about Zilkin's vision in there a little mm-hmm. bit as well. It's Hockey Talks right uh, month right now in the National Hockey League with the focus on bringing awareness to that conversation about mental health to help reduce the stigma associated with mental illness. This season's Hockey Talks game is on January 15th at Canada Life Centre against Arizona, so get your tickets for that. Also, of course, head to project11.ca to see all the great work that they're doing as part of the True North Youth Foundation. Uh, hard to go through a podcast without, you know, talking about Josh Morrissey. He was touched on a little bit earlier in this uh, in this episode, but there's this uh, underground story. Apparently, Josh Morrissey's going to the All-Star game. And it was barely covered, <laughs> I thought. <laughs> it's a good thing Paul talked to him about it yesterday, yeah. or else no one would have ever found out. So. <laughs> the, guy, the guy's done so much media over the last couple of days about it, but uh, obviously sensational and uh, and well-deserved for him. What an honor for a very deserving player. Is there a... You know, there, we've talked so much about, yeah, the, the three assists he had against Tampa or... Um, how he's you know leading the team in points, all these things. But is there a game or a play? I'm curious from you guys that has stood out from Josh Morrissey this year that just made you think, man, this guy is on another level. And for me, if uh, I don't know if I'm going to be taking anybody's here, mm. but for me, yes, it's at three on three. Yes, it's in overtime. But when he pulled away from Jason Robertson, another prolific player in this league, and then won the game in Dallas in Rick Bonus's return, man, like. That that was just we always knew that he was a great skater, but just to see him pull away, to be able to get that that break to win the game for his team, I just uh, I saw that and I just went, this guy is 
something special, and the way that he's playing right now is something I've never seen. Um, I'm going to let you go, Paul, because I always jump ahead of you on these things, so I don't want to steal your answer. Uh, I was worried about it because <laughs> you and I, sometimes we talk about the same things, and we're kind of connected that way. It's a little bit of mental telepathy. Um, I'll go off the board a little. Certainly that breakaway goal and Jason so Robertson good. was just uh, fabulous. I mean, you got to really see the elite skill in skating that Josh Morrissey has been blessed with, right? It's innate. The one for me, though, and I had a great conversation with him leading up to the game against Tampa, and we talked about the all-star selection. But more specifically, I got into a little bit about his season and the the transformation of him over the last couple of years. It's not just this year that we're seeing the offensive layer to his game. That started even going back to last year, and he talked about the personal issues a couple of years ago, signing the big contract, losing his father, all those kinds of things. We forget that these guys are humans as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go back to New Year's Eve in Edmonton. Oh, and oh. one of the things that I think that Josh has done very well in addition to adding the offensive side to his game, has become even better at defending because let's not forget he's playing against the other team's best. And I think his stick has begotten, has gotten so good at knocking down passes on two-on-ones. And I believe there was a McDavid and somebody else coming in on a two-on-one and McDavid went to pass and Morrissey knocked it away with his stick. We've seen that a few times this year. We've made mention of it on the broadcasts. So from my standpoint, it's the ability that Josh has had to increase and evolve his game, but also be true to to what really got him an NHL job, and that was to learn to play defense first and even more adept at it as he works his way at 27 years old into another season that he's been recognized to be an all-star. So his whole entire game is well-rounded, but I think it starts with the core, and that's his defensive side. John Cooper talked about him yesterday. Um, about Josh Morrissey, and he just said, loved him, had him at the 2017 World Championships. He said if he became available, he said thir- all 31 team, other 31 teams would be falling over themselves to go get him. He says he loves the guy. But on top of that, and you asked about a play, the game against Calgary where he goes through two defensemen, he's the last guy back, and to have the, the um, confidence in yourself to make the right play there, to go through two, defen- two forwards and then go to the front of the net, give the puck to Kyle Connor, get it back to you, and fire an elite shot to the far post. I mean, there's that offensive side of him that, you know, Paul Maurice has talked about. There's an offensive side to his game. and I remember 2018, him saying that in the playoffs. There's another side to his game we don't know about right now. It's going to come. It's here now. Mm-hmm. And uh, that play to me stands out of how confident he is in his offensive, as his offense now to do, to do something like that. As always, Josh Morrissey has been a, a team first guy. And when he was asked about, you know, the honor of going to the All-Star game, he said, well, I don't want to go alone. So mm-hmm. we as fans of the Winnipeg Jets, certainly none of us ever want to let down Josh Morrissey. So head to NHL.com slash vote and you can get your votes in uh, on the graphic that the the team has put out. There's four guys on there that certainly deserve a vote in, in Connor Hellebuck, 
whether that's Mark Scheifele, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor, they're all on that graphic. So feel free to, uh, you know, keep on voting for your favorite Winnipeg Jets to make sure that, as Josh Morrissey says, there's someone there to show them around a little bit. So <laughs> show them how to do this stuff. Ballot stuffing? Are you I, encouraging ballot stuffing? I'm just saying, I'm just saying vote. Please that's don't all. let there be another John Scott. That's, that's all I ask. There are some, there are some uh, regulations in how the NHL defines who is eligible. So certainly, uh, you know, the options will be out there. I know uh, one of our social team members who is your producer on flyby, Mm -hmm. the great Cameron uh, has already put his votes in. So he's already, you know, one day in already getting all over that. So I think you can vote 10 times in a 24 hour period. Yep. So may or may not have stopped a ballot. There you go. There you go. I'll get on that today. I mean, my son did. There you go. I got him to do it. That's who it was. (laughs) <laughs> Alrighty, thanks for joining us uh, on this episode of Ground Control. Before we go, one big uh, quick shout-out to the four Winnipeg Jets prospects that played at the 2023 World Junior Championship. Chaz Lucius had a bronze medal game to remember for the U.S., scoring a hat trick, uh, including the overtime winner. He finishes the tournament with five goals and two assists in seven games. Rucker McGrody, three assists in that bronze medal game. Almost looked like he scored late in the game, but they ended up giving uh, credit to one of his teammates. So he finishes the tournament with one goal and six assists in seven total games. Fabian Wagner as well, one assist in that bronze medal game. He goes two goals and four assists in seven games. Brad Lambert as well also scored for Finland. Uh, Finland obviously didn't get to the point that they would have liked in that tournament, but nonetheless, uh, the four Jets prospects showing well. You can read about all of this stuff that we've talked about on winnipegjets.com, and you can hear Paul Edmonds and Jamie Thomas, who have been so gracious with their time today. You can hear them on 680 CJOB. Until the next episode of Ground Control, the 150th episode We'll talk to you soon. This has been Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. For more Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.